Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. almost is in the books uh this is the pff forecast we have got the official beginning of football you want to know why why is that because there was snow today it was there was there was snow today in green bay uh joe buck and troy Aikman came on the show and told us how cold it was i could feel their coldness because i had just ridden my bike in about 27 degree weather uh, earlier this week. So I, I felt their pain. We saw the snow. The amazing thing about it is you figured the snow would have led to a Green Bay just running roughshod over Carolina. And actually, Kyle Allen kind of a little spunky. He, he kept it close. The game went under. That was good. Uh, and Green Bay covered, you know, and, and for the second time, Carolina was a was a trendy pick at like minus or plus five and didn't cover the spread, although this yeah, time they didn't quite. get blown out. But um, not quite for them. It was it was kind of a it was it was an interesting game for Green Bay. The snow, I don't know how much it helped them try to stop. You know, the Packers should have not punted on their last possession. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, that wasn't great. We will talk about um, Aaron Rodgers a little bit later. We've got to start, though, with the Sunday night game that we just watched. And Dallas, Minnesota. And the statement that I'm going to make is one that I never thought I would say. And that is Mike Zimmer made five or so decisions better than his opposing coach. And are we just is it only because we're the negative times a negative or negative minus a negative? It's a positive because I count what two he made. He went four and fourth down yeah. and then he went for two immediately after. Yep. But then Garrett had so many negative decisions that it turns out to be like five. For right. Zimmer. That's what I'm saying. There was a gap of about yeah. five. His yeah. positives. Garrett made some really, really bad decisions starting in the first quarter where he decided to inexplicably punt from his own 40 and then not go for it down by a full touchdown. Said kicks a field goal to cut it to, you guessed it, within a touchdown. Um, the best part of Jason Garrett all evening was that he held up the one a couple of times and really looked firm in his conviction there. It's like me. <laughs> it's like me at a bar. Yeah. Bartender. Whereas every time, every time he did that, the other coach Zimmer acts like you act when you give up a bucket in basketball, which is to <laughs> scream obscenities at the wall. <laughs> you didn't kick anything. though. You, kick. you have a great left kick. I would say I've, I've, I've been really working on my left foot. Yeah. I mean, this is a bad loss for Dallas. And I, I think we should focus on this a, a little bit from Dallas's perspective, because for Minnesota, look, they're still probably going to be playing for the wild card. Um, but for Dallas, they they are they need to win their division. Mm -hmm. And now, despite the fact that they beat the Eagles at home. They now they have a, a rougher road because they the Eagles have such an easier schedule going down the pike. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Philadelphia has, as Chris talked about on the broadcast, one of the easiest schedules in the league. In fact, going in, you know, coming out of it, they have the third easiest schedule uh, in terms of PFF Elo. Dallas is in the, I believe, top ten um, at, at least. And the thing is, 
when you compound that, so Dallas is at eight, when you compound that with the fact that we actually don't know how good Dallas is, it, it sort of it, it sort of exponentiates this issue, right? Because so far, Dallas has a bunch of wins against teams that I wouldn't consider particularly uh, uh, impressive. And then they have a loss against the Jets. Uh, and then they beat and then they beat Philly, which is a, which is they impressive. Beat Philly, but Philly played like crap in that game. Philly turned the ball over yeah. twice in the first quarter. They go to they, about, they chose to receive, though. So it was important. They did that. The Cowboys go now to about. A 50% chance to win the NFC East from 72 if they were to win that game. And you mentioned it, the the Cowboys on the harder end, eighth hardest, Eagles third easiest. But here's the other thing with this is that the Cowboys, the Cowboys are like a front running team. When things are going well, everything is great in Dallas and everyone talks about Dallas, you know, nationwide. So having this game on Sunday night football and then losing it, it helps things start to snowball in the wrong direction, which is, I think, kind of tough. Um, Dak managed to play, I thought, really, really well in this game and yeah. should be coming out of this game with, I'm an MVP uh, candidate, like real seriously, like if Russell Wilson doesn't get it you know, done or doesn't look impressive against the Niners. In a game that's going to decide the NFC West now with, with uh, the Rams losing today. Being, being but... Um, the the Dak Prescott, how well he played today was not he was not deserving of a loss in this game. He played better than Kirk Cousins, without a doubt. Dak Dak sort of throwing shade at completion percentage today, right? Because he was only twenty eight of forty six, I believe, which is you know not yeah twenty eight of forty six, which is not amazing in terms of a percentage. But what did he do? He went down the field today, uh, and the Vikings were vulnerable. I mean, between ten and twenty. Between between ten and nineteen yards, Dak had fifteen completions and missed only five. Like he was fifteen of twenty between ten and fifteen yards. So, like uh, ten and nineteen yards. Sorry, and that's. I mean, those are just chunk plays, and he was getting them pretty frequently against Minnesota. So you know, three hundred ninety-seven yards. Uh, when blitzed, he had 128.8, and that was really the Vikings' Achilles' heel today. Was Linval Joseph wasn't playing? They let uh, Sheldon Richardson go uh, in the offseason. Shamar Stephan has now five pressures all year, uh, and, and Jaleel Johnson's a, an inexperienced guy. Those guys only mustered two pressures all night. So you know the Vikings had to get edge pressure or blitz, and you know Dallas for the most part until the end made them pay. Under pressure, he was very good. He was only sacked once, 8.3 yards per attempt. He has done that all season long. Mm-hmm. Now we know that play under pressure is not stable, and that's fine. But he has managed to generate more yards per play under pressure than any other quarterback has this year, and that has helped them be successful because that offensive line has not been great all year, particularly since coming back from the injuries. Those tackles have not been as good. Everson Griffin won uh, plenty of times today against Tyron Smith. Let's talk a little bit about the the Vikings here, because this was a big win for the Vikings, even yes. though it was probably a bigger loss for the Cowboys. Uh, you are from Minnesota. You've been critical of Kirk Cousins in the past. Mm-hmm. Has this cleansed him of his iniquity? Uh, I mean, Kirk's doing Kirk averaged five point seven yards today from a clean pocket. OK, so um, is that is that good? No, oh, it's not and, good. Okay. and and he graded about average for us, right? Basically a zero in the old system. And he completed three passes over 10 yards in the air. Yeah, it wasn't great. He didn't he didn't mess. Didn't the, have Adam Thielen. He didn't mess up. He didn't have Adam Thielen. But 
that's part of the shtick with Minnesota. They're going two wide receivers, a tight end, a fullback, and running play action all the time. Kirk, you know, he made some plays when, you know, 9.2 yards per attempt when pressured today. But, I mean, you saw it, you saw it in the last two drives of the game. The Vikings did not want Kirk Cousins to mess this game up. And to his credit, he didn't. But, like, you know. Uh, they had a lead. They had a lead. And, and he protected And I it. tweeted this out. Kirk Cousins is bad in prime time against, bad in prime time because when the Washington Spreadskins or the Minnesota Vikings are playing in prime time, they're not, they're not the reason. They're not the reason. So why are they the reason? It's because they're playing good teams. And Kirk is bad against good teams because his team isn't as good. They're remember, going to lose more remember because last they're not year? favored. Remember last year? That was, I could feel the passion. Yeah. Not only, by the way, Art headphones yeah, are like bad. super I will, loud I will, I will and uh, I may not be able to hear tomorrow. But uh, remember last year when they flexed, we flexed into the Minnesota Chicago game and Kirk, who, by the way, no longer leads the huddles anymore because they were so embarrassing, gets in the huddle in Chicago and goes, they, you know, they flex in this game for us. <laughs> it's like, no, man. Well, and the no one, one, cared. The no one, one cares about you. The one Sunday night football game they won last year was against Green Bay at home. Because and Green Bay was bad. There were six nine and one last year. Right, right. Dallas and I. Dallas is not a very good football team. They have a very good quarterback playing terrifically. Their defense is bad and slower than it was last season, and the play calling is letting Dallas down. And so, granted, good win for Minnesota, but this is not like Kirk Cousins coming out party or anything. It is. It was a good job of Kirk doing what they asked him to do, which was not as much as what Dallas asked Dak to do, um, which was light up the Minnesota defense, which he did. But this was a big win for the Vikings because they do have a top half of the league hardest schedule going forward. The Rams lose, so that really hurts them in the wild card race. And they now have sort of like an outside one third chance of winning the NFC North, but now about an 80 percent chance of making it to the playoffs, which is obviously big for them. Here was the MVP of this game, though. It was Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook had 109 yards after the catch. The uh, entire Minnesota Vikings corpus of receivers had a total of 220 yards. There you use it. The corpus is such a great word. The, uh, yeah, I mean, good, Dal, and he only averaged, like, notice here, when we talk about running backs, we talk about their receiving. Dalvin only averaged 3.7 yards per carry today. I mean, he was fine, but that's not what they won the game. They won the game because he stretched the defense out by catching passes underneath and, and yacking it up. And Stephon Diggs was really nowhere to be found. I think the the Byron Jones A couple angle. Of big uh pickups but not overall which the field expect. goal at the end of the first half was ended up being a margin that mattered because dallas couldn't just kick a field goal and go ahead and he was instrumental in that catch uh they didn't like track him with byron jones or anything you know so there was that you know dallas kind of played the defense straight up so um yeah very interesting um irv smith had a good game five catches so you know and obviously kyle rudolph uh the the uh previously yak master zero yak but he did have two touchdowns do you think that do you think that Dak gets the benefit of the doubt here because his coach was such a doofus and still I I talked about how I thought this would be the Dak for MVP segment of the season yeah. and I feel like he's playing well enough for it but it's you know the wins obviously matter um, Rogers played well again Mahomes came back and was amazing we'll talk about that in a second um, Deshaun Watson the week off what do you think. No, I think Dak's in the conversation. The problem is, is Dallas is not going to win the division and possibly won't make the playoffs in the NFC, and it'll be difficult for him to do anything in that regard. The funny thing is that we were talking about Dak as a 
the Dak up quarterback last year, right? And he he wasn't great last year. He has really improved. He's taking far fewer sacks. I mean, that's the thing that really sticks out to me is under mm-hmm. pressure. He is. He used to just be a total disaster. Sack, sack Prescott last year. Yeah, it was it was awful. Yeah. And now he's escaping. He's making plays. His throws on the run. I think they talked about this in the broadcast. He just looks so much more composed. Kudos to him. That's awesome. Another guy that is just destroying the league, trampling the slow, and hurtling the dying is Lamar Jackson. And people are going to get pissed off for bringing that up, but the dude has absolutely torched the Bengals and the Dolphins, just annihilated them. And it's great to see. He's been awesome. Um, yeah, we... Lamar we th- Jackson, MVP? He's a He's got a good cha- chance at it. I mean... Um you know, in, in this, you know, this game today, we sort of thought that that game was a an under game, um, but it certainly uh, it certainly didn't um, play that way because of turnovers. And then, of course, the explosiveness that was they, it uh, turns out they wanted to send a message again in this game. And yeah. they did. Yeah. So uh, very interesting. Um, is is this the funny thing about this is Mark Jackson dropped back to throw 18 times. Like they didn't need to do anything. Yeah. He averaged 18 yards per attempt under pressure. He's only pressured five times. He didn't throw a single pass to the left side of the field, like outside the numbers to the left side. Yeah. Didn't need to. And um, he only had 18 rushing yards aside from the 47 yarder he had. That was an amazing play where he put his foot in the spun, ground, spun, spun and all that kind of stuff. Mark Ingram only had 34 yards on the ground. It was it was a game where Lamar threw the ball, and then to the credit again, we talked about of their defense. They're they're going out there and rolling three like Marcus Peters is playing basically the whole game. Marlon Humphrey's playing basically the whole game, uh, and they got Brandon Carr and Jimmy Smith sort of coming in as well. And they just I mean they just cover teams up. And Ryan Finley's arm strength is just simply not good. We saw him lollipop the one that Marcus Peters yeah, returned. Not great. Um, his, his, Marcus Peters will be a player that like when he retires. Like no one who will have thought he was good. And yet he's going to have like a highlight reel of like 20 down the left sideline interception returns for a touchdown. Uh, so that, that and we had to saw another one today. I want to I am going to underreact to this game because the Cincinnati Bengals. Look, I can see their stadium from my apartment. It's not a brag. That's like yeah. actually a, like throwing mud on my own face. Um, but I can tell you it is not rocking. There are more people walking the opposite direction as the game starts than are walking towards it. Winning in Cincinnati against the Bengals, regardless of the margin, is not impressive. But should we consider the Ravens more like we did maybe at the beginning of the season than in that kind of middle portion where they were struggling a little bit because now they're si- they're healthy in the secondary and Lamar Jackson, that offense seemed to have found their groove. Yeah, and if we look at their strength of schedule, they're not. I mean, they're they're average. Even af, you know after today, their average team down the stretch is an average. You know, the average team they play is average in terms of PFF ELO. So we're not talking about a team that got in with like a crappy. I mean, they, their schedule has been crappy, but it's not like going to get any m- more difficult down the stretch here. Uh, yeah, this week will be tough, but uh, I yeah, this is the this is the front runner for the you know the AFC North and. Uh, you know, a possible one or two seed in the AFC with Kansas City going down today. All right. We're going to move on to the three teams that had big losses, but I want you to make a statement. More valuable uh, player so far, Lamar or Dak? Oh, uh, I think it's Lamar. And and I think it's only because I have to look, but 
to me, it's I think that the weapons Dallas has on the outside are a lot better than the weapons that Baltimore has on the outside. And if all Lamar do, was doing was running and getting all those yards as a runner, I would probably make it a little bit more even, but he is throwing and he's throwing to tight ends that like are just kind of just a guy, right? All of them and his receivers. Yeah. They put some draft capital there, but none of those guys are great. They're still rolling out Seth Roberts. Uh, yeah, you know, so whereas Dak, I mean, you're talking about Cooper, um, you're talking about um, Gallup, Gallup, uh, even Witten is still like reliable Stop. underneath Stop. as as is and Zeke's a better running back than any of the any of the sled dogs on the Ravens. So like I, I say it's Lamar and, and yeah, I, I think you make a case for Dak because his coaching has has been so terrible and he's overcoming a lot of that. That's true. Whereas Lamar has the benefit of brilliant coaching on his side. But I have always thought that the MVP is a of smashing together of the best quarterback and coach duo. And so I think it's Lamar. All right. The three teams that we did not expect to lose came in and laid some stinkers. So we're going to play a little who had the worst loss here. Worst loss, the Rams, the Saints, or the Chiefs. Which one was the worst? Well, you know my feelings about uh, the Steelers. I think the Steelers are actually a decent team. And so to go on the road and lose to them, um, sucks, but I don't think it's terrible. Uh, you know, I don't think it's the worst of these three. So let's throw the Rams out of there. Um, and the same, so, and the saints are, were due a loss like that, in my opinion. Right. I, I think they're still the front runner for a two seed in the NFC. I think once San Francisco loses a couple games at that schedule, they'll be firmly in it. And I don't think there was anything fundamental about what the Falcons did to them today uh, that just played hard. That renders <laughs> that renders that like the Saints useless down the stretch. Basically, what the Falcons got the ball and kept play keep away in the first half, and then the second half they turned on you know the heat on, on Breeze and he got some sacks and there were some penalties and stuff. Kansas City losing to Ryan Tannehill after having a multiple score lead late in the fourth quarter is something I think is a recipe that for disaster in this chiefs, like Pat Mahomes era, but they can't play defense. And, you know, we, we, we talked about like, Oh, you know, they've played a lot better over the last few weeks and everything like that. Well, I think it's a lot because teams realize that they could slowly beat the chiefs on the other side of the ball. Right. But when it came time for a team to have to quickly beat the Chiefs, it was pretty easy. And it was pretty easy for Ryan Tannehill, who granted has played well in his four starts, uh, is not anybody I'm enshrining to Canton. So you're going Chiefs. I'm going Chiefs. I think this I think today's loss was the worst of I think that today's loss is a fund. It shows the fundamental issues with what the Chiefs have to deal with. You mean giving up 160 yards after contact to Derrick Henry and his like turd tail? Isn't uh, isn't great. Well, see, I I wouldn't even be bothered so much. What would you call that? It's because it's not a, a ponytail. Because it's too stiff to be a ponytail. You know, ponytails kind of they yeah. wave around, but his is like a. I mean, for me, for me, it's yeah. <laughs> You're not going to go there, huh? No, for me, it's for me, it's allowing Ryan Tannehill to throw the ball on you down the stretch. <sighs> And also, like, just the injuries they dealt with. Like, Mitchell Schwartz went out, Eric Fisher went out, and, like, Tyreek Hill went out for a while. Like, they're a team that just can't seem to stay healthy either. And I know, like, Mahomes played excellent, and, you know, they they should have won the football game. But, you know, 
but um, I think their defense is just not good enough to get it done at times. And they're going to require a lot out of Mahomes. And he threw for 446 yards and three touchdowns today at 8.9 yards per attempt. Like he did everything he could in this game. Yeah, their defense is an absolute disaster. And here's the the sad the sad thing. I don't. I just don't know if Andy Reid's ever going to get it. There, well, there's that too. Like, like I just I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the dude has the a literal cheat code at quarterback yeah, and, he, and doesn't get and it punts on nonsense he does not get it dude. and like they the titans score it's like someone handed him a salad and he's just now gets out of the way well the, the titans away, like man. it was like the afc championship game all over it was like the titans scored with 17 seconds left and i turned to my i was at home today i turned to my wife and I'm like the chiefs are gonna get it the chiefs are only down a field goal <laughs> like here they come and like uh, sure, sure. Shit, they they drove the ball, and they they had they could set up a few. They had 17 seconds to start the drive at their own 35, and and he had them down in position to where they could run multiple play, plays to set up a field goal. Like right. he's ridiculous, and and I and it's not it's not just his time management. I know, like you know, our friend Seren talks about like, well, don't be so hard on his time management. He had Alex Smith for all those years. It's not that. It's the fourth down stuff. It, to me, that's the, the fourth, fourth down stuff. The that that will that will cripple him. How can you have this bad of a defense and not go for like every freaking fourth down? It it, it you you have the receivers that can separate. Like Tyreek Hill is a separator. It's unreal. And you know he did go for a fourth down later in the game. I believe after Tyreek Hill dropped. But like, I mean, just consistently, right? Consistently, consistently. All right. So I was. I, I agree with you that it's not the Saints. And I said that the Saints were the best team in the NFL last week. Mm-hmm. I'm not stepping down from that. It happens. Teams lose. The the Patriots, who won the Super Bowl last year, got absolutely kicked in the teeth by, by the Tennessee Titans, Titans yeah. last season. So I'm not worried about that loss. That was also a like weird Falcons off by like rejuvenation yeah. game. The Falcons, that, whatever. That game will tilt me about the Falcons forever, but yeah. Whatever. By the way, the Saints allow uh, Dan Quinn another week. They face the Falcons in a couple weeks. So I mean, I'm just saying. The, the Chiefs loss was really bad, but here's the good news for the Chiefs. They play in the AFC. In the AFC, they suck. The worst loss was the Rams. You know how many touchdowns they scored on offense? Zero. It's not necessarily... So we knew the Chiefs were capable of losing these types of games. But this game wasn't a loss that showed you a fundamental issue that we didn't know about. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Rams game was the biggest loss because it exposed an issue that we've been trying to push away because of the, the yardage numbers and the points numbers are all really big and awesome and fantastic. Their offense sucks. Yeah. And it's not necessarily Jared Goff's fault that the offensive line is so bad. It's not necessarily Sean McVay's fault that the offensive line is so bad. It's Todd Gurley's fault. But you know what is their fault? Just kidding. The fact that there are a bunch of teams that have had bad offensive lines, like the Chiefs, for example. Yeah, yeah. Cam Irving plays for the Chiefs, left, right? Left tackle for a whole season, basically, so far. And they find a way to score points with the talent that they have. Yes. And Jared Goff is talented, and Todd Gurley is talented, and Cooper Cup is talented, and Robert Woods is talented. I know they didn't have Brandon Cooks, but you're playing the freaking Steelers and yeah. Mason Rudolph. And they have yet to figure out a way to manufacture yards in quick game. Their screen game looks absolutely atrocious. They're doing the same things they did last season. And it's just not having that big of an effect. We thought we saw some wrinkles early on in the season. Those just have not materialized. And their offense is is so bad 
that they are not a playoff team. But do you do you think it's it's a lot about chasing noise? So yeah, you talk about golf today was five point six yards per attempt when clean today. Well, it's and and really bad. Pittsburgh's defense is pretty good. Let's be let's be honest with that. But they're not world beaters, right? Like they're one of their their corners are Steven Nelson and, and Joe Hayden. Also good offenses. Yeah. Yeah, they don't care. Yeah, they don't care. And the question is, is okay, how hard is it to build an offense that, or sort of how risky is it to build an offense that requires great quarterback play? Uh, very it, risky. It, well, no, it's not. It's not as risky as requiring an offense to have five good performances in the all-line, right? Because, well, but I think you're saying some, sort of the same thing. Well, yeah, because but to me, that offense requires the offensive lineman to play well and to be healthy and to have cohesion well, why right because the quarterback but but it's also the the way that the scheme is set up though because the scheme is set up because they know like golf and i have to you know study this but golf may not be good on quick game golf might not be good on rhythm stuff that like these quarterbacks that do well with bad offensive lines they're good at things that golf isn't good at possibly and so like but probabilistically you know the probability that you're going to have an offensive line stay healthy play well, not age poorly for three consecutive years. It's just something that they should have calculated and, and haven't. And, and, and as a result, I mean, and we saw this, I mean, we, we said this a lot. The Rams do smart things, but no team is universally smart. And we're starting to see the weaknesses with McVay. It wasn't just his fourth down calls and everything like that. It's the fact that his offense has real significant weaknesses. The fact they paid Todd Gurley a ton of money. The fact they paid Brandon Cooks a ton of money when he hasn't been able to like be consistent and stay healthy. Uh, and now we have, I mean, today they're, they're one player play well. It was Gerald Everett was the only guy in their offense that, that played well. Uh, and they're an offense that like intentionally de-emphasizes the tight end and their backup tight end was the only one that actually made plays. Yeah. Goff took five sacks. It was the thing that he'd actually been better at. He was taking fewer sacks. He he just like, he's got that Eli Manning. Like, I don't really know yeah. what's going on. Look going on quite often. And that was a lot today he only had three passes that he threw 20 plus yards downfield he completed one of them had one interception in his mid-range stuff was just not crisp at all just not that's where he has been torching guys left and right you know in 17 and 18 when they were good and that's just disappeared so is your answer to this question more because for me it was okay Kansas in real trouble have to play Matt Moore a couple games Matt Moore squeaks out one of the two games they're back in it in the AFC. And I had just written the Rams off because like probabilistically speaking, right? Like they were, they had a chance for the fifth or sixth seed, but like the chances that a guy like Jared Goff is going to be able to go on the road in the playoffs and win multiple games. Like he can go on the road and kind of flukily win in new Orleans once, but the idea that he could go in as a five or six seed in the NFC, probably a six seed given how good Minnesota is and win all the games on the road. To me, I had already written the Rams off. Whereas I think the chiefs are still, even though they're only a half game above Oakland, I think the chiefs are at least going to win the AFC West. And so, well, but that's why, because I don't think the chiefs, I still think the Chiefs are going to be just fine. And we knew that their defense sucked. And now the Rams, I get, I agree with you, but the Rams went to the Super Bowl last year, whether it was fluky or not. They yeah. were in the freaking Super Bowl last That's year true. and they suck now. Um, and, and so let's talk about the Raiders for a second. Like the Raiders and the Steelers are kind of legit playoff contenders, which just says what I said previously, which is that the AFC sucks. I look at both these teams. Both these teams have a decent chance to make the playoffs. But if you had to pick one, like the Raiders, 
Like they kind of have an offense. They're well, kind of fun. Do you remember they got John Gruden? You remember the second Oakland A like Moneyball phase with Billy Bean? He said, you know, we don't have enough money to buy full players, mm-hmm. so they bought a bunch of platoon players for a third of the price, and that's how they did it. Like Brandon Moss couldn't hit right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the AFC is so broke that with their sixth playoff team, they have to take half a team. You know, so like the Steelers' offense is an, an atrocity. Right. Their wide receivers can't catch, or when they do, they fumble. Their running backs are sled dogs. Their offensive line's good, but then their quarterback can't capitalize what on it. What if you combine them? So their defense is great, right? What if you combine them? Yeah, and Oakland's defense is horrible. They can't get pass rush. They drafted a guy at four well, who's worse than the guy they drafted later in the draft from like Western Michigan. When they play the Chargers, though, they yeah. get a pass rush. And then their, se- their secondary, if we, if, you know, we rolled out you, me, and Renner, we could get open on their secondary. True. But like their offense is great. We're like Derek Carr is being, Derek Carr is being protected really well. The receivers aren't awesome. They, Antonio Brown was supposed to be their best receiver. Yeah, I mean. But they they have Darren Waller and Tyrell Williams and so, so Josh Jacobs making people miss. Yeah, if you combine those two teams, by the way, you'd have like the two most popular yeah. like logos. It'd be sweet. Um, but, but I don't think I don't think either team. I think I don't think either team is going to make hay in the playoffs. But I think they both are equally. I think they'll be scrapping it out. And I think probably the Steelers. Which team would you f- rather face in the playoffs? Um, I would rather face the Steelers. Yes. It, I don't to me it's not even close. Because their offense is so bad that yeah, like terrible. But the thing is is Derek Carr though, the issue with Derek Carr is he could self-destruct at any time. And you know, we 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 uh wrote up the Chargers. The thing we didn't realize I think in that one is that the Chargers are bad and Derek Carr is not going to like self-destruct against bad teams, but like I think against a good team he might. Yeah. Both these teams double digit underdogs. Uh, and it's it, not even the close. first round of the playoffs. And I'm looking forward to betting on the other side of that. Um, are you? We didn't talk about the Saints a whole ton. You're not overreacting to the Saints. I didn't get to watch that game much because, frankly, like I was watching red zone most of the time, and the Saints never got in the red zone. And to the Falcons' credit, neither did they. <laughs> it was sort of a or detriment, I guess. They were both sort of playing between the 40s, patty cake. But um, no, I mean, just chalk it up. It, these teams have bad losses, right? I mean. Your 94 Niners lost 40 to eight to the Eagles. So this is Charlie Garner. Yeah, I'm not overreacting to it. We saw Breeze slow down last year at the end of the season. This is not Breeze slowing down. I think this is more him needing to get back into the flow of things. Do you think here's a question just to end this? The, the, The Saints are not a come from behind team. And I, I think that that like when I look at that game and I just like kind of looked at the play by play and everything. The Falcons got on top of the on top of the Saints early and sort of controlled the game. And I think when your quarterback is a kind of a lateral, he's he's throwing east west, right? It's harder to come back. And I think that that might be and and we look and see like even obviously Bridgewater was playing, but his style is similar to Breeze. They were ahead in all those games. They did not have to come back in any one of those games. And even like a season ago, like. You know, the games, the games where they Vikings almost come back was pretty impressive. Yes. And but the other. Yeah. And then the Viking, they did come back against the Vikings at uh, U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday football. That was mostly turnovers and stuff. Right. But 
Like I think, I think you to beat the Saints, you do exactly what the Falcons did today, which is score first and then control the and control the game and then put pressure on Breeze. And we, you know, they, the Saints love as most teams do to play from ahead, but I think especially so because they got guys who are underneath that can just like paper cut you to death once you're ahead, right? I mean, that's what Thomas yeah. and Kamara do. I don't really agree with that because I think Drew Breeze. I don't. Th- Drew Breeze is one of the best quarterbacks in the yep. NFL. If you have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL then you are going to be better at winning when you, you know, games in which you're losing every subset, every subset. Yeah. Yeah, So I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm still buying the saints. We'll have to, we'll have to get Steve to look at the splits. That's a good point. He'll do some analysis there for us. Mahomes. um, Someone laughed at me the other, the other week for saying that Mahomes was a legit MVP candidate. Okay, bro. The the tough thing about this is, uh, is his team might not be good enough, but the dude is insane. I mean, he, the, the, where would you put him in the MVP? The play uh, he made to Miko Hardman for that touchdown was incredible. So let's do, let's do our MVP uh, right now. We haven't seen Russell Wilson play. So we'll put Russell Wilson one. Wilson's one. Who do you have to? Uh, Lamar. Okay. And then Deshaun Watson. And then, and then I'm going some combination of Mahomes and Dak. I think Mahomes and Dak have similar issues in that their team doesn't help them. All right. I'm disagreeing with you a little bit. I'm going to go Wilson, Watson. We just didn't see Watson play this week. I'm not going to be a prisoner of the moment here. Lamar Jackson just beat the Bengals, who would have trouble winning a flag football tournament in Cincinnati. He also just beat the the New England. But yeah, you're right. Sure. Uh, But I'm not like, I don't, I just, I don't care that much about this game that he played. Um, but putting him number three, not too terrible, right? Mm-hmm. I think he's a legit MVP candidate. I would have Deshaun Watson ahead of him. I would have Mahomes and then Prescott. Here's a question: Where does Derek Carr rank? Uh, in the MVP conversation, he's top ten, isn't he? By our by our measure of MVP, he's top ten. Oh, you mean in wins above replacement? I mean, he's the a top ten QB in the NFL right now. Oh wow, no. I don't. I'm. I'm not saying he's the tenth guy I'd want. I'm saying he's playing the tenth best or better. Well, there's. He's not playing better than Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers still in there. Um, he's probably not playing better than Kirk Cousins overall. I think he's playing better than Kirk, man. Um, who am I forgetting here? He's not playing better than Tom Brady overall. Uh, yeah, I guess I in the old old system, he's nine. I but mean, I think that's still. Carson Wentz is probably ahead of him. Like I would say, yeah, it's close. You know, it's really close. Like, cause, cause, cause again, no defense, no wide receivers, right? No, he's been, he's been really good winning record. I think he's like right there at 10, which is crazy to think about. Stafford's also playing better. I think Stafford deserves it. Although he's hurt today, unfortunately. Um, I want to do this real quick. Worst teams in the NFL rank them. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that's the issue is the Jets and the Dolphins won today. It's the Bengals. Well, the Bengals are the worst team. The, in the Bengals NFL. are the worst. But the, team I think the NFL. Giants. I think the Giants give the Bengals a run for their money. Really? Well, so so no, no. no. It's the Reds, Red, Redskins. Redskins. But the Redskins are worse than the Bengals because the because the the Redskins with Haskins with Haskins, but also the just, H is silent. But here's the other thing. It's hard though. But like. Name me one thing Washington is doing well right now. Like they, they're, they're left, they're Hall of Fame left tackle like cancer, and they told them to suck it up. 
Right. It's, it's an absolute I mean, atrocity. I, you know? All right. So the Bengals are even worse than the Redskins. But then it's the Redskins. And then it's the Giants. Okay. And then it's the and then it's the Dolphins. Oh, but the Dolphins have a plan. So it's better that then no. it's the Jets and then it's the Dolphins. The Dolphins went from being like just like I can't believe this team in the NFL. They're tanking. They're so bad. Yeah. Should they be They're like 4-0 against they be, the spread? The should they be 30-point underdogs? Yeah. The Dolphins are almost squeaking out of the bottom five of the NFL in terms of how bad they are. Yeah. And that tells you how bad some of these teams in the NFL are. Here's a, one last question about this because I, I it Daniel Jones looks the part right in some ways, but some ways, but like when you watch him play, you're like, Oh, it's not like watching Haskins play. You know what he, ways he looks the part? Yeah. He's got that uh, Kirk cousins. I'm going to put up stats. Right, that's what I'm saying. Way. Right. Like he did not play that well today, but had four TDs, no interceptions, 300, some mod yards. Yeah. No one but, cares about sacks. He had six of them. Exactly. So like you, you look, you watch him play. And if you're just like chilling out, watching fantasy or, or whatever, you're like, Oh, Daniel Jones is pretty good. And it, and Darnold outplays him by a country mile. The guy gets gives up sacks and you know interceptions, fumbles, all this yep. kind of stuff. And, and you know it's weird because I think Giants fans are going to be encouraged by this. It's kind of in the Josh Allen way. Ooh. And and next you know although the Bills are six and three, um, but the but they're going to come back and be like, oh yeah, this guy can't like actually play at a high level. It's an issue. Um, all right, there's normally we don't talk about the Monday night game. But we've got to talk about the Monday night game because uh, it's Seattle, San Francisco, and this is the best game of the entire weekend by a mile. But we're going to get into the, to um, next week's spreads right after this. So it was six and a half for a little bit. Um, and in fact, in the Super Contest, it was six and a half. Now it's back to six. George Kittle is doubtful. So my first thing is this. George Kittle, normally a tight end being doubtful doesn't matter. Yeah. How much does George Kittle not playing in this game matter to you? A lot. I mean, George Kittle going into last week was the most valuable non quarterback in the NFL. So when you yeah. when you look at that, I mean, there's there's no doubt. There's no re, there's no reason to doubt why we had, you know, Seattle plus six, six and a half at the podcast time uh, as our lock of the week. I wonder some of that was clearly baked into the initial, right? Cause if it was, if, if that was like something he did in midweek, I think we would get a little bit more of an adjustment here. Um, but it matters a lot. The, the, the comeback is of course, like I think use check is playing right. And then the two, the two tackles are back. So like they get some players back, but the, you know, conventional football wisdom would say a fullback and two tackles is worth more than a tight end. But in this, I think in Kittle's case, it's not true. Kittle is, is a, is a rare beast there. And it helps. It helps. I think Seattle has three. They play a lot of base, and now they can use their. I mean, I think that their linebackers are more than up for the task for the the guys that they the the Niners have left at tight end and use check in the backs, yeah, yeah. and that really helps them. Whereas if they had to use Wagner, Kendricks, and KJ Wright in like a too much on on Kittle, then those other guys, those backs that you know the uh, Shanahan loves to use. Uh, would would I think affect them more? So I think that that matchup is better for Seattle as a result. And now they just have to say, okay, well, you know, the Niners receivers, you know, even though Sanders really played well in his first few games, like hopefully they can match up there. And Emmanuel Sanders is great, but the, the way that Jimmy G looks to George Kittle, it's undeniable, especially yeah. on third downs. And I mean, stuff only, like that. the only person he's looked like more comfortable towards is Aaron Andrews during his post game 
interview. I set you up perfectly for that one. You're welcome. And so that would worry me quite a bit, but it also hurts their run game. I mean, the guy's a great run blocker as well, and you know they're going to do that. Yeah. So in a game that you know is going to be as hotly contested as this one, it, to me it matters quite a bit. And I actually would consider this, um, you know, when we hear for sure whether he's in or out is currently doubtful. Um, that would that would sway me uh, yeah. potentially more on the side of the the Seahawks. So the Seahawks still plus six. That's our lock of the week um, at six and a half. Obviously, if it gets back up to six and a half, I will probably reinvest yeah Um, i I would say even this is a game where you know if you had a good weekend betting either nfl or college and you have a little bit of more money uh the 225 money line you know or whatever you end up getting it at would be a a fun sweat we don't really have an opinion on the total it's at like a kind of 47 and a half uh 48 um i think it was bet up from 45 earlier in the week um so not a whole lot of an opinion there um, maybe some of the derivative markets as we talked about last week will be softer, you know, first quarter, first half yeah, type yeah. of stuff, but nothing on the total. This will be a fun game. And because of the Rams losing, as we talked about, this is basically, these are the two teams in the AFC West right, or the NFC West right now. Uh, yeah. So. It's going to be great. Um, very much <laughs> looking forward to this game. All right. You ready to get into oh, uh, next week? Oh, can't wait. Look, let's do this. All right. So we're going to move. Uh, we spent a lot of time on uh, what happened this week. So we'll move a little quickly here. Let's start off with um, with the games that are actually good next week. And we've got, uh, so we've got five games here. We've got the two games that are legit good and then the three games that are on prime time. So the first legit good game is the Houston Texans visiting the Baltimore Ravens. And this was kind of what I was talking about with the Lamar Jackson thing. Like, I'm going to wait until he plays, you know, against Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Um, what'd you have this at? I said three and a half in favor of the Baltimore. Of Baltimore. What did you say? I have Baltimore minus three. And it is open. Now it's minus four and a half. But to lay, but the, it's juiced towards Houston. So you have to lay up dollar 20 to bet the Houston plus four and a half. Your thoughts? Uh, I like Houston in this spot. The problem is, is again, this is the hard part about doing it so early this week where is houston at health wise i mean we we took him against jacksonville last week super banged up despite being super banged up do they get some of their secondary players does it matter um because houston's basically like we have a way better quarterback right yeah well but here's the thing deshaun watson has been that was the darling of the nfl and now lamar jackson is that guy and there's going to be a little chip on Deshaun Watson's shoulder. He's that type of dude, mm-hmm. and he's gotten some time to heal up a little bit. Uh, if this is more than a field goal, I very much like Deshaun Watson because, again, we yeah. like to look for reasons to bet on Deshaun Watson. Yep, for sure. This should be a great game. I, I think for the second consecutive week that they play, he's the undervalued quarterback. Agree. New England goes to the uh, goes to Philly. Uh, rematch of Super Bowl from a couple years past. Very different looking teams. No Nick Foles. Um, I have the uh, Philadelphia Eagles getting two and a half points at home. And I had Philly getting four and a half. And it looks like the number is smack dab in between. Philly is getting three and a half at minus 115. Closer to you, I think, because of the key number there. I was really curious whether this was going to go over three or not. And I guess the buy just influences people a little bit. Um, yeah, both teams coming off a bye, but generally speaking, historically, bye teams have affected road teams more 
you pause it's Belichick. Yeah. So Belichick road, I, I, you know, Peterson, good coaching staff, but not on the par of Belichick. So I don't know though. Hmm. That's, that's why I said four and a half, I guess. And you said two and a half because you know, I mean, I think we're both, so I think we both have good ideas here. My question is, do you like the Patriots? So you obviously have more faith in the Patriots in the market, but do you actually like the Patriots? You know, I, I do because I think, I think unlike, I think unlike the Ravens, the Philadelphia Eagles are not, are not efficient offensively. They are not going to get on top of new England and repeat, like make new England get good offensively, which is what they did in the second quarter. But like ultimately it wasn't enough. Like the Eagles aren't going to go out there and get up 17, nothing on you. There's just not there. Like being efficient offensively, being good offensively early in games is just not their shtick. And so then, okay, where are mismatches and well, mismatches all over Philly's defense. Their secondary is terrible. They're they lost Jordan Hicks, which is like their linebackers are bad. And, you know, New England can scheme pass protection. So the the upfront guys for Philly are not going to be as effective as once uh, thought. So I would lay the points with New England if I had to, especially, you know, you're seeing it minus 105. Now you could probably buy it down to like minus 125 if you're looking at minus three. That might be the way to go or even just like a money line play if you are willing to risk a little bit more. No, it's funny because I I said two and a half. I was like, yeah, because it's a number you wanted. I don't know if. I, yeah, you that, wanted New England minus and, two. And, and I realized that, yes, you're stealing my thunder. I was going to get to <laughs> that. But what I was going to say is I usually try and think about, you know, where's the break even for I would bet one side. Yeah. But I didn't really think about it that way <laughs> in this game because I could not bring myself to bet Philly um, in this spot. At just like. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think we understand. We all understand why yeah. this should be a, a, it should be an interesting game. It, I could see new England blowing them out to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Thursday night football, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are f- going to Cleveland to play the Cleveland Browns. This is going to be absolutely hilarious. We didn't talk much about Freddie kitchens. Holy crap. Freddie kitchens. I mean, what in the ever living Christ Jesus is wrong with Freddie? Kitchens? I mean, he made a seven course meal out of one of these, like one of these Dude, red zone gold to go situations. Are you when doing, they drove down bro? for the game winning touchdown, I was like, I, and there are a lot of times today where I'm like, there's a 0% chance this is going to happen. There's something going to mess up and, you know, teams overcame, but um, what did you have it at? Uh, what did I say here? I have Cleveland minus four and a half and I had Cleveland minus three and a half going into the day and it is now minus two and a half minus 120. Oh, so sort of wow. they, they like what Pittsburgh did. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I expected Pittsburgh to lose and lose handily. Yeah. And so I was more on the, I, I, I knew the Browns could beat the bills on their bullshit. Right. But like, but I also I thought Pittsburgh could at least cover the spread against the Rams. And so that's why I was more on Pittsburgh. If you had to bet this right now, would you just buy Pittsburgh up to three because it's it's plus two and a half plus 100 right now. If you buy it up to three minus 120 or something, that that to me is the only bet you can make on Thursday night because I won't. And here's why. I don't think Tomlin's a great decision maker either. And he, he dared to be great today, though. Sure. He went for it on his own end, I believe. Yes. He, I mean, he was. It was great. For and him. you know what? For him. And yeah. you know what? I've been burned so many times yeah. by believing that that is a sign of 
of true decision making brilliance. Can we talk? Can we pause for a second? So Mayfield Baker won a game. Good for him. Forty one dropbacks, just seven of them pressured. On his thirty four non pressure dropbacks, he was twenty four of thirty four. Twenty four of thirty four, not bad. Seventy percent, five point nine yards per. Game. Yeah, it wasn't great. I mean, it's just it's the same. The, the Bills are a legit team. The Bills are a good defense. For sure. I, I think that beating the Bills is uh, a real win. Um, man, I don't know. I thought the Pittsburgh win was so much more about the Rams self-destructing than it was anything about Pittsburgh. And I still do not have any belief that yeah. Mason Rudolph is a legit NFL quarterback. I'm anchoring a little bit because we, of course, wrote before the season that Pittsburgh to make the playoffs and to win the, you know, the AFC right, North is a good bet. quarterback. Yeah, but like some of the things that we talked about are coming true. Their young receivers are playing okay, and their defense is good. So, but yeah, I mean, I'm kind of resulting. I like. I would good. like to see the Steelers they get the play. Same. Jared Goff. Yeah, I'd like. Well, I'd like to see this, but they. Well, their defense really hasn't played anybody. I mean, well, they they had a very representative performance against Baltimore for one. You know, they really did looked great against Ryan Fitzpatrick to start that game. Out. Yeah, yeah, you hate to see it. All right. Um, all right, Let's the move on. Chicago Bears go to Los Angeles in a rematch of one of the worst Sunday night games in the history of Sunday night football. Bears Rams from last year. Trubisky Goff part two is going to be just beautiful. What did you think? I was going to ask you. I had Rams minus six and a half. And it's exactly what I had as well. And that is exactly what it is. So that's funny because over under in the scheme is 40 and a half, dude. That tells half. you so much. Trubisky played well today. And that is saying no. Something. he played well for half the game. He was he was like two of seven for like. Right. But that's playing well for him. 180 yards and, yeah. and playing well. Matt Nagy went for a fourth down and one from his own 29. Got the thing rolling a little bit. Uh, Lions still had a chance to win that game with Jeff Driscoll at the end. So. There's no way you're betting on Jared Goff laying six and a half, right? No, I would say, I mean, I've been saying this for weeks and we actually haven't, you know, with green line, we have not been able to do this, but I think this is a buying the Bears spot a hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, cause <sighs> things are looking bleak for the Rams. Their offensive line is absolutely. And the demolished. Bears don't suck universally. They okay, have a bad so if quarterback. The Rams lose this game. Which quarterback of these two is better than. I mean, are if you draw a distribution of the two, how how what percentage of their two uh, PDFs intersect? Like it's like eighty percent. You just lost uh, all four of our listeners there. Um, you're really going to use an acronym for a distribution function? Well, like okay, but if you these <laughs> two guys are not that different from each other, is what I want. I disagree. Jared Goff is significantly better than Mitch Trubisky. Okay. Let's not let's not because I, I would say if if they're closer to each other than conventional wisdom, this is a buying the bear situation. The issue is that Jared Goff is being paid more than any other quarterback in the NFL, and he does not deserve it. And this is the question that I have is if the Rams lose this game, there is going to there are going to be a lot of questions about what the hell the Rams are doing at quarterback. I mean, assuming and they people are in L.A. care. Yeah, very warranted. Yeah, so I don't think they'll be by people in L.A. They'll have moved on. Here's a question, things. though. So L.A. So Chicago is a storied franchise in the National Football League. They are. There's no home field advantage here for the Rams, is there? No. I, I mean, like there's a lot of reasons to bet Chicago in this one. Uh, at six and a half. 
yes, that performance today by the Rams is terrifying, in my opinion. Yep. All righty. This uh, Monday night game is in Mexico City, and it features your Kansas City Chefs and the Los Angeles Chargers. I have the Chargers getting seven and a half. I said five and a half, and it's four. Well, you know what side I'll be on. <laughs> here's here's the here's the best bet in this game, in my opinion, though. Under fifty three and a half. The field is bad. Well, is it? I mean, it was bad last. year. It was year. bad last year. Are you just saying it's? Bad? I'm just. I'm. I'm going to. Ex- I'm going to extrapolate. And so say, you're going to say that after it was bad last year to the point where they couldn't play the game, they didn't overcorrect and make it the best field on the planet. Having given the NFL's track record in handling problems yes interesting <laughs> but but here's the other thing it's it's less i the the field thing was a throwaway comment but the the chargers offense it's is not very good. is the slowest dumbest like just it's not great it but they're playing the chiefs who are a very good offense and will skewer that defense yeah but well but like what are the outcomes in this game i don't see you know like 30, like 30, 13 is an outcome in this game that goes under. I'm sorry. Have you seen the Chiefs play defense? Yeah. I've also seen the Chargers play offense. Have you seen your Chiefs are like playing nine and a half on 11. Don't talk about Anthony Hitchens like that. Okay. <laughs> the, 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 it's I, really I just think bad. the Chargers are. I'm the, not taking a Chiefs under. Okay. Just saying, I'm just throwing it out there. Okay. I, Maybe we won't. It'd be interesting to see where the where the uh, the numbers come out. So, so it's, you said it's four and a half. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, it's four. I will. Uh, wow, minus one ninety five on the money line. Even after the Chargers lost to the Raiders, huh? Yeah, that's surprising. To no me. home field advantage. I mean, honestly, this is probably a this is probably a mistake. Well, I really like the Chiefs in this game. Okay, well. We're rolling on to the crappy games, of which there are, of course, very many. Atlanta, Carolina. I have the Carolina Panthers favored by four at home. I had I did not have the Falcons winning today, so I had five and a half was my line, and it is six and a half. Wow! So you you are on the see. The, I'm on, on the this Falcons. This is a trap. This is a trap. Oh, this is a trap. Just. Kill me now. Because here's the thing: this off this Carolina offense. I don't think I don't buy Carolina as a team, but their offense moves the ball. Oh, I'm just back. I'm back in it. No, you know no. What the funny thing is, I I I got a I got a confession. You bet them today, didn't you? I 14. You had to. There was a you could could not. I've got a I put it up on I put it up on pick watch, and I I was just like. Kyle Allen. I'm done talking about the Falcons. Okay. We're moving on. I can't believe that. Uh, Dallas goes to Detroit. This would be a better game if Jeff Jeff Driscoll wasn't potentially playing. Um, Let's assume that Matt Stafford is playing. Uh, I think. Did you assume that? What did you assume? No, I did this before uh, before I went out this morning. And so I had. Okay. So, okay. The Stafford line for me is Detroit plus three and a half. Yeah, I had Detroit plus three. And then if Driscoll plays, what what would you say it is? Plus six and a half. Yeah. I I think Stafford's more than that over Driscoll, but I also I think I was predicting Dallas would struggle this week, right? That's our models. So I was what is it? Is there a line? Well, I well, I don't think so, because I don't think he's 
I don't think. No, yeah, yeah the, the, his status is unknown. If you're Detroit, you just got to sit him, right? I mean, you're three, five, and one. Yeah, it's not worth the it. The division is out of out of reach. Um, You've shown enough that I think you can. Well, if you're Daryl Bevel and Matt Stafford, you're like, yeah, there's a future here, right? I mean, right. you you lose a couple close games. I mean, you're a better team than your record indicates, but yeah. for the second straight season, a team is going to ride the Driscoll train for the second half of the year. Mm, hate you hate to see it. I would say, I would say it's if Driscoll and, and starts. Dallas, honestly, if Driscoll starts, that means nothing for Detroit, but it means a lot for Dallas. Yeah, I think it's, they have to. I think it game. gets out to maybe double digits if Driscoll plays. Yeah, because they have to win this game. Yeah. All right, uh, Jacksonville goes to Indy. I am assuming that Jacob comes back and that if Jacoby Brissett plays the Indianapolis Colts will be four and a half point favorites over the Jacksonville Jaguars coming off a bye. Yeah. I had Indy minus three. It does not look like it's available here for obvious reasons. Boy was Hoyer bad today. Look at all this red. He 6.1 yards per pass attempt win clean. All of his interceptions were clean pocket interceptions. He was really bad. The better quarterback was Ryan Fitzpatrick. He was getting points. This is happening now for the like, yeah. Fifth straight week for the Dolphins. And people act like the Dolphins can't just like get ahead and tank the rest of the game. That's what they try to do. It's so funny. Man. Although the, the Colts got a lead late and uh, Fitzy brought him back. Speaking of Ryan Fitzpatrick, finally, we'll have a line here. Buffalo at Miami. What did you say? I have Miami getting four and a half. Oh, she's I had Miami getting ten and a half. At home, Buffalo. What is it? Six and a half. But to bet the Dolphins is minus one twenty. So the Dolphins fever is alive and well. Re- which means fever pitch. I think they're gonna get skull They're gonna banged. get just unbelievably torched in this game. So I you know, I would say yes, but that's just total thirty nine and a half. Bills games have played under most of the year. They're trying. No, they're trying, man. And it's the it was their they're biggest indictment early. Trying. But they've had some players, I think. Miami's got some players that are that are functional for that. Let me tell you what I'm not doing. I'm not taking Josh Allen on the road. Yeah. As a road favorite of six and a half points. I mean, that that would be my thought. Yeah. They I mean, God, former first round pick Charles Harris is playing well. You you really love to see that. Yeah. Uh, Next up, we have the Denver Broncos going to face your Minnetonka Vikings. I have I have Minnesota favored by 10. I said nine and a half. Um, do we have a line here? Do you have one on that they just played is the can, issue? I can find one for you. Just what I do. Uh, George going off screen here for the for the goodies. Right. Um, where is this game? Nine and a half. Well, there you are. That's prior to Sunday night. So, Sure. I mean, it makes. I mean, Minnesota maybe gets a, a little bit more help. Brandon Allen is not good at football. No, and and Zimmer's not one to let. Although to let Brandon, they Allen lost to Matt Moore two weeks ago, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, okay, New Orleans or no? What, what's next? Uh, well, you could look at the. I could. I, I have my own sheet. The too. New York Jets, right? So do I. I managed to split the screen. It's sure. fucking modern technology, and it's amazing. The New York Jets play the Washington Redskins. I cannot wait for this football game. This is going to be amazing. Uh, who's favored in hell when it's just the two worst possible things? I have it being a pick em because what else could you possibly have here? Well, I mean, there's this home field advantage is a thing, right? 
Right, no. but the but the Redskins don't have home field advantage, and they're the worst team. They have home field advantage, though. No, they don't. Have you seen these games? What? They well, like don't have fans at their stadium. They have. I think okay. I, I well, I thought that the game would be a pick 'em on a neutral field, and hence, and then I said minus two and a half because it, the books would want somebody to bet the Washingtons. Okay. Off a of buy, so I said two and a half. It would be. Minus one. Interesting. So closer to a pick em, but still. I mean, I see pick here, but uh, this game is going to be really bad. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Here's a game that might be exciting. New Orleans, off of that embarrassing loss, goes to Tampa Bay to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I have the Bucks getting four. I have the Bucks getting eight and a half, and wow. it is five so you know what side i'm on here yeah no kidding well but eight and a, i mean the eight and a half makes sense because there was a very real chance tampa bay was going to crap the bed in the game against arizona which they almost did mm-hmm. and new orleans just new orleans was 14 point favorites and lost so right, that's right. where this number is i think i think overreacting probably to what we saw this week tampa bay hasn't or new orleans hasn't lost in tampa bay in like a decade so it's don't foresee it happening here. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Arizona goes to San Francisco. We obviously haven't seen San Francisco play yet, but I believe uh, there is a line here. I have San Francisco favored by 12 and a half. Yeah. I think San Francisco is going to like might lose outright tomorrow. So, I, I said, and then hmm, I said Arizona. Yeah, I thought Arizona was going to put up. Well, they did put up a fight. So this doesn't. So I have San Francisco as minus eleven and a half. Um, I th- I think, yeah. So and the line is currently thirteen and a half. So I would be on the side of Arizona here, and I don't I'm hate it. You. I don't hate yeah. it. Uh, all right, last one. Cincinnati, our Bengals, the worst team in the NFL, are going to Oakland to play the Raiders. I have Oakland favored by nine and a half. And I have the same exact one, and it is 10. Oak, the Bengals were worse than people thought. Here's the thing. No chance in hell I'm considering taking Ryan Finley on the road. Come on, man. This is a, I mean, well, I think this is an uh, under 48 and a half to me. I think Oakland is going, is going to want to grind it out, running game. Bengal, I think, well, I think the Bengals could probably cover this 10 points, but I don't know if I want to put any of my own money on it. So let's see what the model says in the middle of the week. All right. Uh, of this week 11 slate, the one that you are going to go home and bet on is what? Oh, uh, I have to look at the sheet here. If I can muster the intelligence. Okay. Um, let's go with... Chicago plus six at isn't it six and a half six and a half at LAR. Yeah. By the way, I just ha- I had this weird idea. I was watching someone do a tasting of um, like a liquor. Someone sent it to me. It was like, hey, check this out. And the description is just as hilarious as someone tasting like a wine or a beer or whatever and like telling you all the flavors and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we should just do this as a bit where we just as an excuse to drink alcohol, taste these things, but we're really describing a team or a game. 
Like, oh, this one has, you know. This one sucks. Kind of a stinky, uh, yeah, I don't know. Whatever, it's yeah. late. Yeah. I kind of think it has legs. We'll see. My favorite is Houston uh, getting four and a half in Baltimore. I like Deshaun Watson quite a bit, although I really do like Chicago, and I also really like the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I think there's probably no way we'll be not we won't be on the Chiefs. We've always we haven't had a pick on them in a while, but we've always sort of been shaded that way. And I think with the re, like the fact that the Chargers lost to Oakland should significantly reduce their ratings. Plus, Philip Rivers, who's been kind of who's kind of graded well um, at quarterback, has puffed up those ratings a little bit. Um, Rivers has fallen significantly after that was in a- what is an absolute dog bleep effort against uh, the Raiders. So it's really not good. Yeah. So I, I just, I just looked at rivers page and I reminded we, we had Miami plus 16 and a half. That was probably the last time Miami didn't cover. So yeah, that was a joke. Okay. They should have, I think there's actually this, this week is exciting. There are some games that um, I'm looking forward to um, watching and potentially betting which is actually a really bad sign yeah this week we did not have a ton even on the original list there was only like five games and then unlike last week last week a lot of money moved and then we ended up with picks at the end of the week and we didn't we had some i think like carolina under and then uh minnesota once that number got out to three and a half we liked minnesota but uh not as much this week so even you know this week wasn't a big sweat just because we didn't have a lot of games that might be different this week all right uh you have a confession from this week. I have a confession. Would you like me to go first? Do you want to go first? You go first. Go for All it. Right. So you were you were gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were visiting uh, the lovely city of Philadelphia. You were on a panel of a few learned minds. You, of course, the most learned of those minds. True. So I was alone here. Now, you missed a, a day that you wish you were here for. So on Friday, I go to the gym as I do every day and I work out and uh, we got some feedback, by the way, that like we all know. I'm just kidding. Oh, was it was it <laughs> was it someone that doesn't look very good when they look in the mirror? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, and uh, no, no. This, so the story is actually pretty funny. So I finish working out. And I go down to the locker room and I notice the locker room is very quiet. Oh, no. I'm like, this isn't a great sign. So, uh, take my clothes off, get my soap. Not a good start. On my way to the showers. Notice that the showers sound very, very quiet. Well, like half of them are out of, out of order. Oh, interesting. You should say that because guess how many were out of order on Friday? All of them. All of them. Now I go to the gym in the middle of the day because, well, I, instead of a lunch break, go to the gym, but I don't exactly anticipate being sweaty in my clothes for the rest of the day. Yeah. I would just go home. So I'm pretty pissed and I have a lunch that I was supposed to go to, uh, in like 10 minutes. So I don't exactly have like a bunch of time. I can't run home and shower. So I'm, I'm livid. I'm furious. Like, I cannot believe this is the case. So here's what I did. I'm curious what you think about this. I went and and jumped in the pool and pretended I swam a lap. No, I pretended no. I swam a lap. So then, then I went back into the locker room and I basically showered using a sink. 
No. <laughs> no. Like I washed and all my the hair. time all the time we've known each other. I washed my balls. Stop. I'm <laughs> sitting there throwing water on myself. There's no one in there. Everyone else has decided they're too weak. And all the time we've known each other, <laughs> the person who would make do with no shower. 99 times out of 100 would be me. Yeah. You have very little tolerance for things not being like perfect. This is a very like, this is a very surprising story because, because what what other choices do I have? Well, no, I mean, even I, I would have like canceled lunch and gone home or, or basically said, knowing who you were going to lunch with, I would have said, Hey, can you back it up a half hour? I'm going to go home and take a shower. And then I'll, I'll Uber, I'll sacrifice an Uber fare to get to lunch a half because like, even I'm like, even I don't go back to work like sweaty like that. I guess. Oh, I, I mean, I, I sha- I sh- wash my hair, right? I, wash I know my that. face, but I you also smelled like chlorine the rest of the day. Not really though, because I like managed to like wash enough. Well, I got a towel okay. and I soaked the towel. You exfoliated, yeah, with those towels at the Y. I'm not proud of it. I'm <laughs> confessing it. Obviously, I'm sorry. I just I had to get that off my chest. I yeah. let you know. That's what you missed. What do you have to confess here? Uh, What'd you do this weekend that I was planning not 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 watching college football given I was at Wharton on Friday. Good job. And we've talked about this before. And I I got back from the airport at 10 a.m. I had not slept that much the night before. It's a lot of fun. Humble brag. And uh, I I slept. From about 10 until 2, I woke up and I started watching Penn State versus Minnesota. Really I, figured, I figured that would be, yeah, growing up in Minnesota, I'm not a Gophers fan, but I, I have plenty of friends who are. And uh, and they I, they won, and I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then the next game was LSU-Alabama, and Ben had wrote, written up Alabama, or Alabama. So I watched that game. And then I kind of look at our picks and everything. I'm like, oh, hey, we're kind of doing okay. And then I watched college football the rest of the day. Oh, I, I overcame. Yeah, I, I caved in and I didn't feel that bad about it because like I was able to like just watch one game at a time instead of like going back and forth. But it was still kind of like, oh, hey, it's one o'clock in the morning and I'm watching San Jose State versus Hawaii. Yeah. And and uh, I did go to bed at halftime of that game, Thank but God. it was probably uh, too much college football. <sighs> I even commented yesterday how nice it was that. After the Alabama LSU game, there was nothing else even remotely close to worth watching. But you, you managed Georgia. Or, yeah, there was a lot of like cool upsets in the second part, which okay. you know we lean upsets yeah. almost all the time. So, do you think you can manage to get back on the wagon next week? Uh, we'll see. I mean, one of the big things is that I had finished a big project, so it wasn't like it was a Saturday where I had like half as much to work on. So it was kind of like, oh, what am I, you know? Yeah. What I'm, I'm, reno- I'm, I'm avoiding naps. You your know? your renovating of the bathrooms here was really a big project, and we're thankful. You, you, you hate to see it, yeah. You hate <laughs> yeah, you hate to see it. That was our week ten uh, Sunday night Monday morning show. We'll be back with you guys on Thursday. Enjoy Monday night football. This is going to be a great it game. Should be. I am uh, really looking forward. Test to Test wit bug. Let's go. No wit. Lack of wit. Oh yeah, wit, wit plays was tonight. Wit, wit barely played tonight. Yeah. Thanks, guys. We'll see you.